Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Gato. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for today, for now, and forevermore. <laughs> <laughs> we, we soon we're gonna make a t-shirt out of that. I, look, I'd love to do that to be honest. You know, yeah, sure, like, like Gettle merch, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, and then with the with the quote now and forevermore. Now and forevermore. With, with our silhouettes on the, in the background. It or sounds something. like it sounds like a bit of like a wedding vow. <laughs> it's not well, a Cthulhu one, but you know, close enough, I guess. Yeah, it, it might not be a Cthulhu vow, but hey, it's it's close enough. This is a commitment, people. If yes, you're it listening is. to this, you're in it for life. Of course, for now and forevermore. Exactly. <laughs> How are you doing, Edwin? Good, bit, bit tired. But, you know, it goes Oh, you. man, so am I. I am absolutely exhausted. I know we, we kind of say this every week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're always exhausted. <laughs> but at least um, we've got some coffee with us, you know, as always, yep. within every episode to uh, keep us alive. Keep uh, us going. Well, going for how long? <laughs> well, that's the question. It all depends on how much you drink, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gosh. So I am a, I'm not a compulsive coffee drinker, but as most of you know, I thoroughly enjoy Nespresso. Um, Edward does too, although he doesn't have Nespresso at the moment. Yeah. But we both discovered something a little bit shocking and I don't shocking. really know how to process <laughs> this information. <laughs> because, it's, it's scary. Because, That's what okay. it is. So essentially... Edward found this video about a student who basically almost killed themselves by drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite scary. It really is. Like, so what happened is this guy he drank two gallons and three or four pots of coffee. Listen, do you know that that is like almost ten liters? Yeah, it's. It's, I mean, I uh, thought I was a, <laughs> I thought I drank a lot of coffee, okay? Right. But, you know, when you think about two liters, so I'll just be upfront about this. I have mm. really big Le Creuset mugs, as you know, you, you often enjoy them when, when you used to be yeah. able to come here before lockdown. Yeah. And each of them are around about, I think, 320 milliliters, right? So mm-hmm. I could technically have three of them before I drank a liter of whatever fluid is in the mug. And of course, I say fluid, but who are we kidding? It's coffee. So (laughs) now the other habit that I've started, and it's not a good one, is I use two Nespresso capsules per mug. Mm -hmm. Now, courtesy of this video that you found, all right, which specifies that 400 milliliters of caffeine should be your maximum per day, I have started to freak out <laughs> yeah. a little bit because I found out, right, that yeah. each Nespresso capsule has between 50 and 120 milliliters of caffeine. So I'm drinking like five cups a day of two capsules each. That's 10 capsules. So I'm consuming between 500 and 1,200 milliliters Gosh. of caffeine per day edward yeah. when it's, 400 it's is meant to be the maximum so yep. i'm freaking out a little bit <laughs> at least you're not drinking 10 liters a day or, or rather 10 liters in a span of like six hours okay fair enough yeah sure my my coffee consumption is broken up 
throughout the day. So it's around yeah. about, what, four or five mugs of 300 mils each. So it's like one and a half liters, right? At most yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, so it's not quite the same, but still, it explains a lot. This is why I'm so tired and I'm not sleeping. <laughs> well, shouldn't your body be developing a, kind a caffeine of... resistance? Yeah. I don't think so. And this is weird because in the same video where they talk about what happened to the student, they actually mention that your coffee tolerances are heavily impacted by genetics. So, you know, like oh. if I look at my parents, my father can drink coffee like it's going out of fashion and he's not affected. My yeah. mom, on the other hand, can't even have a single Nespresso capsule without feeling like her heart is going to come out of her chest. See, that's, that's <laughs> where we differ because both my parents and their parents are coffee. They live on coffee. Um, and I grew up drinking coffee. I know children shouldn't, but I grew up <laughs> literally drinking cups of coffee every day, all day. So I think maybe I'm just fine with it i can go 10 liters of of coffee no 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 let's not push it or try to find out if that's accurate or not <laughs> let's do a test <laughs> look just speaking generally from my side i would imagine that i have a bit of both so generally coffee won't affect me but it really just depends on the kind of coffee that i'm drinking so i know if i go to starbucks and let's all be honest here starbucks is not the greatest of coffees um, yeah. But if I go there and I get myself a venti, I will actually feel sort of a bad headache come on within an hour after drinking it. Whereas with Nespresso, for example, I can perfectly have the cups without issue. But of course, again, it depends on the capsule. So mm. there's a really great one right now that I'm drinking and I've just I've forgotten the name, um, but it's red in color. And I have a feeling these are 120 milliliters of, of caffeine or milligrams. And... Um, I do feel it if I don't eat after I've drank a mug. I can feel like a little bit anxious. <laughs> or buzzed. Yeah, or, or, or buzzed. Uh, so I think I'm in between. I, I don't. Mm. I think I can enjoy coffee as much as I like, but not to the point of having too much of it, which is most likely why I haven't been sleeping, Edward. <laughs> Maybe, that could be it. <laughs> well, anyway, look, we, we've, we've, we've sort of diverged a bit, but to go back to what happened to the student who drank oh, 10 liters of coffee. So the reason why he did this is because he was cramming for an exam. And yeah. he figured, you know, what's a better alternative for a study aid than something that's natural, like coffee and caffeine? So he didn't yeah. want to take any performance-enhancing drugs or any other drugs for that matter. And so he just drank coffee, coffee, coffee. And the result was insane. It's super insane. So, so he's just, at first it was fine. Obviously, he's used to coffee, so he just drank an entire pot full. Um, but then after that, as he drank more, his chest started to burn. And he started like his one leg muscle started to cramp in his urine. He, also eventually went brown. Oh, no. You know, often I know that that means blood in the urine. Was it the same for this case? No. Um, so, so as the video goes on, it's explained that turns out that because of his muscles cramping and his urine turning brown, uh, that's a result of essentially the caffeine in his body 
burning everything so fast and moving the adrenaline so quickly that his muscles were basically seizing. So um, it was breaking him and down. And breaking them down, yes. Oh, man. And talking of seizing, he also ended up having a full body seizure after that. And hypothermia, hey? I, I, yeah. I heard there was a whole lot of weird symptoms that that when he went into the hospital, they thought that he was high on something because yeah, it was exhibiting thought- all the same things, some, some sort of stimulant. They just yes. didn't realize it was caffeine. <laughs> uh, yeah, until he was like, oh no, the only thing I drank was like f- four pots of coffee. And then they were like, oh. This is just... Okay, look, I suppose, you know, there's the adage, you know, too much of a good thing can be bad for you. Yep. Except for money. Let's be real. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's insane to think about it. I mean, I, I mean, we enjoy coffee. I, I didn't yeah. even give it a second thought. And although I've had a few people tell me in the past, oh, you know, the caffeine element is really something you should take note of, I've never really felt the impact. You know, perhaps this week I have been drinking a little bit more than normal, and maybe Mm. that has influenced my sleep schedule, but good grief, for your muscles to break down? Yeah, to literally almost die? Yeah. bad. I mean, talk about preemptively going to the afterlife. You know, I mean, jeez. <laughs> right. and, and and weirdly enough, as we mentioned before, you know, the, the symptoms were like a stimulant. Meanwhile, it wasn't even a drug. And exactly. as they, they mentioned as well, he was offered drugs <laughs> to, yeah, and, to, and to actually get them. through this. Yeah, and he refused them thinking this he was, was like, a better nah, option. He was like, bitch, I'm, I'm al natural. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, look, speaking of drugs, I actually came across something very, very interesting this week. And yeah. it has to do with something called DMT, which is NN dimethyltryptamine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a word and a half. It's a word and a half. Now, it's basically, I think, you know, DMT for short, and it's a hallucinogenic. And the reason why I found this interesting is because. I mean, anyone who's experienced some form of, of drugs, especially the, the hard-hitting ones, um, mm. they often speak about how they're able to, you know, hear the earth, you know, or the things around them speak or move or, you know, and, and other people have hypothesized that this could be sort of moving into an alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. I know, I know we're, we're reaching now, we're reaching now, but the reason why this study is so fascinating is because it was conducted with over 2,500 people. Uh, yeah. Mostly men, I think it was seventy seven percent male with an a mean age of about thirty two so it's like basically my age <laughs> it's basically all um, white men <laughs> yeah basically yeah, basic <laughs> basic white men <laughs> um, but what was fascinating about it is that a large percentage or actually pretty much all of them spoke about some form of a a deity or alien or other otherworldly presence making contact with them like telepathy yes uh, among other forms of like through visions and touch and speech you know and and what is so strange about it is how i think almost every single reported case had some form of ethereal contact and the experiences apparently are described as religious or alien abduction or near death so I don't know. I mean, it's fascinating because as I mentioned earlier, you know, people have mentioned how a lot of these stronger drugs are able to make you sort of feel things about the earth or those around you. Yeah. Basically what I'm saying is what if, you know, or, or, you Mm -hmm. know, myself, I'm a believer, right? 
So what if this is like a gateway, you yeah. know, to, to experiencing these other portals and dimensions and beings? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering now. Like, who says it's all in your head? Maybe it is legit, like, you just accessing the other realm. Well, this was what was also interesting about the study is when they asked people about their religious affiliations, obviously there were, you know, there were a variety of differences, you know, with that Catholic and Christian and Muslim um, and Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But there were also a lot of atheists. And what was most interesting is that the respondents who took part in the study, after experiencing what they experienced using DMT, actually converted to a form of religion thereafter. Because they believed that what they had... No, seriously. They believed that what they had experienced was so real and life-changing that to go on believing that there's nothing else after death is like an impossibility. So basically, after this... Let's say you're you're a South African, okay? And you do this (laughs) DMT thing. And they give you whatever you need for these hallucinations to happen. You suddenly develop a, an urge just to like light up a zol. smoke one out <laughs> to to like zol out and talk with your forefathers or whatever. Well, look, the thing is, if you look into human history, right? If you look at the Aboriginals or the Red Indians, and even locally in South Africa, if you go far back in African culture with the Zulu people and so on and so forth, many yeah. of them have rituals where they use some form of what we now know as cannabis or some other form of, um, you know, hallucinogen. And they, they used to commune with the spirits of old. So, you know, this is not a new thing. It's just very, it's just, to me, incredibly fascinating how modern science is sort of proving that there is more to life than what most people perceive. Yeah, you know, there, there, there is more. There is something else out there. And I mean... You know, for people who believe, like myself, you know, we don't, I feel we don't need drugs to, you know, bring on my conversation or my relationship with, with Jesus in my, in my, <laughs> you know, in, in my circumstance. But who knows, you know, maybe somebody who's a non-believer might need this kind of an experience to believe. You know, it's, it's fascinating. It's very interesting. That nudge. That nudge, yes. Now, of course, mm. you mentioned zolling up earlier. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> we, we have to, we have to speak about this. So, <laughs> um... This has been making the rounds in South Africa, especially over the last, what, like a week now? It was actually just just before our previous podcast. Um, and so this came in from Vikot Vela from South Africa. And essentially, it's got to do with this music producer called Max Hurrell. And what he did is, is he took a recent press conference by our cabinet minister, Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma, uh, where yeah. she spoke about the recent tobacco and alcohol ban. Now, if you listen to the original press conference, it's still in its own way quite entertaining because she literally talks about how you'd create a zol or for yeah. those out there in other countries, a spliff, you know, talking about how you, you'd lick it. and <laughs> she, You'll lick it and, and you'll, you'll put your lips together and you'll, you'll roll up the paper. Yes. She actually explains it quite, quite no, well. No, no, no. It's evident she knows what she's talking about. Yes. Okay. But what's funny about it, and, you know, her original intention behind that was basically just to say, look, the reason why tobacco is not being sold is because people do this. Now, you know, imagine taking a cigarette from somebody who's sick with COVID-19 and then you smoke it. 
you know so that that's her intention anyway um max harrell took what she said and turned it into one of the best music like dance beats i have heard in a very long time <laughs> and it's just brilliant <laughs> it's okay <laughs> well we'll let you be the judge and we're actually going to play it for you right now and the reason are health related uh, but also when people saw they put saliva with the paper uh, and then they share that soul it means they are also share if when people saw they put saliva with the paper uh, and then they share that soul it means they are also share if uh, so there we go. That was Zol by Max Harrell. <laughs> Look, uh, it's, it's, it's not my thing, but I can see why this hit the number one in South Africa in on Apple Music. Can you believe it? Hey, it's number one in the charts. I think it's I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, people like fun, good beats, and this is it. And yeah, Max Harrell is is quite talented. You know, this is the thing. Like, although it it in a way pokes fun at, you know, Miss Lamini Zuma, right? It, it is really just a good beat, though. Like, I could listen to that. And just to just speak a little bit more about that, so there was another MEC um, from the Eastern Cape, uh, Miss Sandizwa Gamba. Uh, she was also being interviewed on TV. And that was a little bit of a more informal interview. But shame, <laughs> the, the poor woman was obviously very yeah. nervous and she farted. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> It was actually so sincere to see because she's like, oh, sorry. And, and oh, I felt for her. Shame. Shame. So I saw that and I thought, look, obviously it's terrible, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's mortifying. It's mortifying. However, if I was her, if this happened to me, I would also want Max Harrell to do what he did. And that was <laughs> turned it into a song, okay? <laughs> because if you're going to have something embarrassing like that happen to you, just own it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, I get that. Say sorry and and just own that shit. Beco- become the farting minister. <laughs> <laughs> Look, both of these um, tunes or songs we'll, we'll link in the show notes. So uh, definitely go and, and, and check those out. <laughs> yeah. Look, while we're on the topic of zoling up, um Mm. edward you found something out very like quite funny this week and i think you actually mentioned that maybe they were high when they did it (laughs) yes okay so 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 earlier this week um i was sitting minding my own business uh and then a friend of mine ian he just came up to me and and asked me listen do you have something for nsfw segment this week and i was like no and he sent me this (laughs) Intriguing post about a South Korean football club who accidentally used sex dolls to to stand what? in as no. crowd filler. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you just you added that last bit in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to stand in as crowd filler. Um, yeah, so it turns out that the football club management um, they wanted to do something creative to. To to keep the the team spirits high during a match. Yeah, I mean, it must be a little bit disappointing to sort of perform without anyone being there. Exactly. Eh? It, it would exactly. just be like a practice match instead of an actual match match. Pretty much. Now they did end up winning zero uh, one. Oh wow! But the the main drama here is that the management 
they ordered these dolls and they dressed them up and also had the <laughs> company they ordered from dressed them up. And then broadcasted on live TV, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the entire match was broadcasted on live TV and on social media. Oh, gosh. But, um, and fans started saying, like, listen, those dolls don't look like normal mannequins. <laughs> uh, something's going up. Why, why are they big-breasted? And why do they look... So, so bedroom IE. And yeah, it turns out that, whoops, the management didn't know any better. And no, they... listen, look, I don't believe that. Okay. And do you know why? Why? Because those kinds of sex dolls are super expensive. That's true. So don't tell me that, that they just decide. I mean, I mean, look, we've written an article about it where there's the whole manufacturing process and it's actually really fascinating. So we'll yeah, link yeah. about link down below with that as well. But I mean, these things are like what two, three thousand US dollars a pop. Yeah, a pop. And they were what? Like, it was like thirty in the yeah, twenty-five the st- of them. Twenty-five. I mean, geez, that is like, a crap load of money. <laughs> like maybe, maybe they thought like maybe these dolls were sold to them as very articulate mannequins. That could have been. You the know case. what? If we go down the line of conspiracy theory. Yeah. It could be possible that the sex doll company knew all too well what the dolls were going to be used for and got free promotion out of it. That's apparently what happened. Um like oh. the the team the, the football club is now being um sa- uh, they're being investigated for sanctions <laughs> for um advertising this taboo company. <laughs> Um, because apparently in, I don't know if it's a worldwide rule or something for, for football, but apparently you're not allowed to advertise NSFW kinds of businesses. Products. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, look, that makes sense because football matches are open to all. So you shouldn't really have products that are, you know, that children can be exposed to when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Now, look, having seen the images of this incident, it's not all bad. I mean, if yeah. you didn't know that these were sex dolls, I mean, you wouldn't really think so. Exactly. It's it's actually be quite honest. cute because they, they dress them up with <laughs> masks and everything. They even put them apart. I think it's absolutely ingenious. Uh, but whoever, you know, signed this off, that sex doll company knew what they were doing. Of course... <laughs> To the yeah. poor soul who signed up from the football club. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, do your damn due diligence. <laughs> yeah. Don't let some internet weirdo tell you you did a big wrong. Uh, well, look, as you mentioned, there were a lot of like rules and regulations, right? So like, I didn't know that uh, soccer matches weren't allowed to do that. But apparently, I don't know much about rules. Do I, Edward? <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't, apparently. Earlier this week, I came across this really, really awesome video about uh, Pokemon. How somebody re-envisioned what Pokemon would actually look like if they oh. were created like truly realistically. Like, I know yeah. we, we, we sort of got a, an a idea of it in Detective Pikachu, but that was still very cartoony. Uh, anyway, the video is called Pokemon Dark, and it's absolutely exceptional from a CGI perspective. It's phenomenal. You know, we'll link to it, have a look, and, and check it out, because it's, it's really quite fantastic. Anyway, um, I was talking about that, and I sent it to Edward, and Edward, in all of his wisdom and glory, <laughs> decided to respond with... <laughs> How weird it would be to see Pokemon like that 
in porn. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what? I was like, what, <laughs> what even makes you think of that? And I was like, how do you even find that? You know, so then I did the peasant thing because now, now he's mentioned it to me. And now, of course, you know, when people say things to you, you can just Google them and find out. So obviously I Googled Pokemon porn because I wanted to know what the <laughs> hell he was talking about. <laughs> and then I told him that I Googled it and he was like, you are a peasant. Do you not know about Rule 34? And I was like, what? I don't know. What the hell's Rule 34? <laughs> yeah, so I continue to go to the actual Rule 34 website. Um, because <laughs> as, as I'm not a peasant, I've been basically Googling these kind of stuff my entire life. Apparently um, so. <laughs> yeah. And I sent Hans a link of Rule 34 for Misty. And okay, so, yes. so for context, those who don't know, Rule 34 is basically <laughs> the rule of the internet that states if something exists, there is porn for it. Now, please, I have never heard of this before in my entire life. So until Edward mentioned this, I have gone 34 and almost 35 years of not knowing anything about Rule 34. 34 okay. years. I, I like that synergy. <laughs> oh, the Rule 34, 34. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it only makes sense for you to learn about it now. <laughs> okay, so so you're saying that Rule 34 is an internet rule of if there's porn for it, it'll be on the internet, no? Or No, no, if right? it exists, there oh, is porn if, for it. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> and and listen, you can literally rule thirty four almost anything. There really is such a vastness of <laughs> rule thirty four out there that it's crazy. So much so, Edward actually wants me to do some sort of a reaction video for YouTube where I search for stuff in rule thirty four instead of the peasant Google way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to see your reactions to some of the stuff on there as well. <laughs> well, you've judged my reaction from learning about this now, so... <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously far more innocent than you are, Edward. <laughs> hey, I ain't afraid to admit it. <laughs> I'm a weeb. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going on in the world now that I've learned my fellow podcaster is a weeb. Which I don't really know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But that's one for another day. Do, do I need to rule 34 it? Is this... <laughs> uh, no. Don't rule 34 weeb. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Um, mo- moving on to... <laughs> um, to something that I, I discovered earlier on uh, this week... Um, rather fascinating and it does really go down the the route of what the hell is going on in 2020 okay let's just to recap we had the australian fires in january Um, in february it was mostly calm for for everyone except for myself and my family we were attacked episode two for details uh in march (laughs) (laughs) the debut of covid19 and we're still dealing with the outcome of that and then that was followed by aliens existing, according to the Pentagon, in April. And now, for the wonderful month of May 2020, <laughs> it looks like we may have evidence of a parallel universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should be as excited or afraid anymore. 
I don't know. 2020 is just, it just it's keeps, crazy. keeps, you're getting crazy. Yeah. There's this weird and wonderful stuff and no, no, not weird and wonderful. Just horrific stuff. <laughs> weird, wonderful and horrific. All those in one package. <laughs> So to to try and sum it up, because it's actually quite an in-depth scientific discovery, um, essentially what scientists have found is that there's some sort of a heavier particle called a tau neutrino, and it's coming out of the Earth. Now, normally these kinds of particles come from space versus, you know, coming from our planet. Yeah. And effectively according to the science around this now it implies that because it's coming from the planet that these particles are actually traveling backwards in time so that's, that's weird <laughs> and 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 because of that there's the assumption that you know when the big bang happened and everything was created and all the different particles and so on and so forth that because these are going in the opposite direction it means that there is a parallel universe that is running concurrently with ours, but just in a different time, I guess, or just in reverse. Uh, no one's entirely sure. Yeah, um, I asked a friend about this, and he explained it like he he thinks it's basically just a mirror universe. So it's exactly the same as us. That for them, time is normal, but for us, it looks backwards. Um, that's essentially the only explanation he could come up with. Okay, that's that's interesting. Now, look, it is worth saying that um, the not every it's, it's it is worth saying that it wasn't a unanimous agreement that this is what's happening. Um, it's still up for debate. Um, other scientists believe that it's just a new form of particle, whereas others want to believe you know parallel universes. Well, whatever it is you believe. <laughs> You know, who knows? I mean, look, this was discovered in the Antarctic, and we all know who lives in the Antarctic, right? <laughs> right? Well, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Superman. Well, he has a fortress over there. Yes, he's got yeah. his fortress. So who knows? Maybe this is some weird sort of means of getting to a parallel universe where Henry Cavill is actually Superman. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Superman just did that weird turn the earth around thing he did in that shitty oh, Superman and it stuffed 3 everything movie. up yeah starting with trump is this what we're <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe yeah trump and then aliens um so on that subject by the way um so i am very happy i'm a happy boy at the moment oh yes you are <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out hashtag release the snyder cut is actually oh, a thing I can't believe it <laughs> yeah um so, so f okay, for, for those who don't know, the Snyder Cut, or at least the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, has been going on for years now. S since Justice League originally um, basically came out to lackluster reviews. Well, it was actually even before then, hey? Because remember, he had a family issue. Yes. Uh, where Zack Snyder, I think it was, uh, I think it was his daughter. Yes, he's... His daughter passed away. Yes, there we go. And he needed to take time off away from the project. And then it was passed on to somebody else. And then when it was released, people believed that Snyder's version of the film would have been a lot better than what yes. came out. So basically, the, the argument is that Josh Whedon, who is an amazing director, um, let's be honest, he is he, he directed Endgame. And Endgame was incredible. Yes. 
So he came in and, and, and finished Snyder's job, essentially, on Justice League. But what ended up happening is that Snyder's vision and Whedon's vision are two totally separate things. Yeah, they're, they're totally different. And in the end of the day, the movie just felt like a hosh-posh of two different genres of movies put together. And it just didn't work. Um, so, re- hashtag release the Snyder Cut is basically just all the fans asking for jo- uh, Snyder to come back and cut the movie the way he would have cut it originally. And he has, right? Yeah. That's the big news. Yes. So, the news now is that um, he will be releasing the director's cut. Well, his cut. The Zack Snyder uh, the cut. The Zack yeah. Snyder version of justice league on hbo max in 2021 that look apparently it's gonna be four hours long now i uh, between the two of us you thoroughly enjoyed justice league yes i regarded it as a very mediocre superhero film that i could have gone without watching yeah. <laughs> uh, i personally preferred batman vs superman i thought that was a much better film yeah with that said I, I'm curious, more than anything else, I'm curious to see if Snyder could have actually made it better. Like, I want to see it now. See, see, so, so my argument to you is then, you, you loved Batman vs. Superman, okay? Yes. You are in the, f- the minority that actually liked it, like myself. Yes. Um, that was Zack Snyder. Oh, you know what? You make a very good point. Because yeah. didn't Snyder do Man of Steel as well? Yes. Thing is... I really, really, really liked Man of Steel. For me, that's one of the best Superman films ever made. Now, I know yes. a lot of other people, particularly people who might be listening, may not agree. Yeah. But for me, I loved the darker take. Oh, for sure. It was great. Well, then color me signed up. I want to see this four-hour-long Snyder Cut. I think it's going to be <laughs> at least intriguing to see. Look, with this on the tongue... Um, I just want to quickly have a mention. One of our other um, colleagues at Critical Hit, another South African website, he actually mentioned that if the Snyder Cut ever became a real deal, <laughs> he would eat one of his Batman cowls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's and an amazing it cosplayer. turns out that uh, he's actually going to do it. So, yeah. Darren, best of luck. <laughs> yeah, like, enjoy the, the silicone and plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Add some Tabasco. It should help. <laughs> yeah, it should really help. <laughs> um, look, on the topic of uh, the DC universe, um, we've mentioned Robert Pattinson a few times in the past and the yes. fact that he's playing the Batman. Yes. Well, there's some more news that Edward got this week about yes. Mr. R. Pats. <laughs> more news that made me happy because um, as our listeners would probably know that I am a huge R. Pats fan. Um, I think he he has amazing acting chops and he looks beautiful. Like he's a beautiful man. <laughs> um, well, turns out my opinion is fact <laughs> now and I will be holding that above everyone else for for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so so um, I reported on this earlier this week. Um, yeah. It turns out that According to science. Okay, that is a very loose term, okay? <laughs> okay, look, it's it's in the books. Okay, it's in the books. Look, uh, according to a facial cosmetic surgeon 
by the name of Dr. Julian De Silva. So I guess if you take the fact that he's a medical doctor, you could say science. Okay, but it also has (laughs) mathematical and scientific backing. Okay, okay. Because (laughs) this doctor that Hans just mentioned, he did a facial mapping of a bunch of stars um, and compared it to the golden ratio. Now, for for creatives, the golden ratio is basically regarded as the aesthetic bar. It's the holy it's, grail it's, of aesthetics. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Pattinson has a 92.15% match to the golden ratio, which is the closest we've ever found thus far. Okay, that's, uh, that's yeah. something. Yeah, so uh, to to be fair, Henry Cavill came in second at 91%. There we go, Henry Cavill, my man! So, that goes to show you, DC stars tend to be pretty. Okay. But hang on, did they do this with Marvel actors as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, um, so, okay, so it turns out that they also did it with Hugh Jackman, David Beckham, Idris Elba... And a bunch of other stars. And it's super interesting. Bradley Cooper, for instance, also has 91%. But he's second to Cavill's 91.6. This is fascinating. Now, more than anything else, I actually want a copy of this app. I want to know where I fall in terms of the golden ratio. Don't you? I mean, this is a fascinating thing. That's actually intriguing. Yeah. I mean, imagine that they release this and you do it and you get like 92.2. Then you could yeah. be like, well, 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 bitches. Yeah, like, I'd be better looking than our pets. <laughs> like, look at my symmetrical ass face. <laughs> Bask in this symmetry. <laughs> I've just got to add, apparently they did Brad Pitt as well. And you know, I mean, every person out there will tell you that that is a very good looking man. Okay. Yeah. And he only got a 90.5, which is yeah. less than Henry Cable and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. Now, now he only did men, and I presume it's because of our pets. Now, now I mean, they could apply this to ladies as well, right? I think so. I mean, I, I don't know I now. Would say so. <laughs> Great. This is all we need. Another social metric to judge people by. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> don't we have enough already? <laughs> Look, I'm just happy our pets is a sexy boy, okay? <laughs> Well, it's saying more for him being Batman than it is for Batwoman, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> on the, yes, on the topic tell of us Batwoman. about the latest controversy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, have you heard? Have you heard? <laughs> um, Ruby Rose is exiting Batwoman. Oh. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Look, I didn't like her casting to begin with. Not, I yeah, have nothing against her as an actress. Yeah. Okay, I think she's great and all. I just don't think she was suited to the role. So exactly. Um, so so I love the CW shows. Um, I, I don't. I, I had my reservations <laughs> about Batwoman, and I've seen it in the meantime, and I actually did end up really enjoying it. Uh, not enjoying it in the same sense that I enjoyed Arrow and Flash and Supergirl, but I really okay. did grow accustomed to it, and I and it's part of my entire playlist now. All right. And I'm so used to seeing Ruby Rose in the role now that I find it super weird that she just decided to call it quits. No one knows why she's left. You yeah. know, so, you know, was she fired? You know, was she maybe unbearable to work with? Or was she just not happy in the role? Like, yeah. no one really knows. Or maybe it was a hostile work environment. I mean, nobody knows. Nobody yeah. really knows why she's leaving. The fact is, 
she's leaving. Now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I have to speak from a sort of professional code of conduct from myself, right? Mm. If I have committed to something and barring it having an impact on my mental health, I don't think I would leave. Yeah. So I would like to think that she has a good work ethic as well. Of course, I mean, I don't know her. None of us do. But it just seems somewhat unprofessional for her it's, to leave. It's so weird. And, and what makes it even weirder is the fact that both Ruby and the the show leaders and runners all went to social media and complimented each other afterwards. They were like, yeah, it was nice working with you. We wish you the best. And everyone was in super good spirits about Do it. Do you think that they might possibly reboot it or maybe turn it into an anthology? Maybe, maybe that was the original plan and they just didn't speak about it? I would love it if they did that, but I don't think so. Okay, so at least from what I've read is it seems that they are committed to to just taking the show forward with a new actress. But now, you see... Okay, look, I'm sure they'll put some, you know, lame joke in the first episode of the new season about why she looks different. Oh, like, uh, you look different. Did you cut your like, hair? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that aside, I'm just, it's just weird, you know? Yeah, it's um, super weird. Look, now, with all of this said, you actually mentioned that there is somebody else who is perfect for the role. Yes, at least I think so. So, um, since this news broke... Um, you pitched the idea that I should write maybe a, a post about it. And I figured yes. I'd, I'd put a spin on it and do some research on who I think best fits the role. And yeah. I came across an actress named Ashley Platts. Now, I've never seen her before. Um, apparently, yeah. she's been in Grey's Anatomy. But her auditioning tape is, is amazing. It fits the character to a T. Okay, that's and interesting. Yeah. I think she will make the best. Oh, and also, um, sh the reason she has an auditioning tape to begin with is because she auditioned for the role originally. Ah, so that maybe that might make her a close like runner-up. I th I would hope so. Um, honestly, I do hope that she might get it. Okay, that's wow. That's that's pretty interesting. So yeah. I, mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, look, the whole thing with, with Batwoman, despite the fact that I'm not really into CW shows, um, it was quite pioneering because yes. it's the first time that there's been a, a proper LGBTQ character in a lead role for a superhero on television. Exactly. So it, that's quite cool. Now, speaking of firsts, um, we had something cool happen this week in South Africa. Uh, and that has to do with Rainbow Six Siege getting its first South African operator. Yes. Obviously, we all knew about this a bunch of episodes ago. Hans and I even spoke about it in one of our final episodes <laughs> uh, recorded in the same room. Uh, and yeah, it turns out it's all real. And the first South African operator is finally coming to Rainbow Six Siege. And yeah. she's much more than we thought she would be. Now, the whole cool thing about this, and we did mention this last week, is that Edward was actually privy to an early build of the game, as well as information before it was officially released this week. Yes. So he's had some good hands-on time with her from then and now, even after. And he knows a lot about her. And we're actually going to talk about her a little bit now, because it's really cool when our country, despite all of its problems is recognized in some yeah. cool capacity. Yeah, like, it's it's that thing that you can think about your country what you will, but 
every time it comes up in a movie or a show or even a game, you're like, ah, oh, yes, that, that's my boy. With, with the exception of the accent that no one gets right. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, that's very, very, very true. Um, so, yeah, Malusi is South African born. Tandiwe Malusi Nlovu yes. is her yeah, full that's, name. Yes, that's her full name. Malusi is just a call sign. Yeah. And yeah, she, she is born and bred in South Africa, according to her bio. And basically, she grew up around animals in the African Sahara, around a game reserve. And that essentially made her sign up for, for the South African National Defense Force. And after something happened, something went wrong, and she was fatally injured. So she, she had to retire, and eventually she found her place back home in a new game reserve where she was training local women in an anti-poaching squad. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, it's it's actually, like, her entire backstory is 100% pure South African, and that's amazing. I dig that. I really, I think that's so cool. I like the fact that they, they took her as a South African. They they really looked into her heritage, you know, yeah. as somebody who was brought up on, the, on farms and who loves nature and animals and how that fueled the reason why she's deciding to make a change in the world. Yes. You know, to look after the animals and prevent them from being poaching. You know, that's honestly a very African mentality exactly. for people in those fields. And I think it's great. I really, really, I really like that. So surrounding um, the announcement of Malusi, people were saying, oh, she should have been a recce or she should have been a South African commander because South Africa has a good uh, reputation. Um, our commanders are some of the best in the world. and But I think that the fact that Ubisoft went into her background like this just speaks volumes for how much research they actually did on the yeah. country instead of doing the normal thing. Look, um, I personally dig it. I think it's great. Yeah. Now, I know you've had hands-on with the character. Yes. And, 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 and what does she like to play? I mean, like, look cool. You know, she's South African. You know, she seems authentic. But, like, how does she play? She's great. Um, since last week, uh, obviously, I, c- I couldn't join the original test play. But since then, she has released on the test servers on PC. And it's great. Like, she has this deployable shield that perfectly blocks people um if if you po- uh, pair that with the new um operator the new norwegian operator that also yeah. released with malusi the two go hand in hand together basically his unique ability slows down enemies and then as malusi you, you put your shield down like in a corridor or somewhere and you can just mow enemy operators down <laughs> that come around the corner. It's just amazing. It's easy to play. Oh, so it should be good for, for new players. Like, yes. take myself, for example. Would, would, should I pick Malusi versus actually, some of the other op- Actually, options? I think so. Um, okay, she'll... that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a post, as you know, Hans, about yes. all the, the operators that I think would fit a newcomer very well. And are you going to maybe update it with Malusi? <laughs> I think I'll add her right at the bottom there as the sixth <laughs> operator. Yeah, because she really does play well. Look, unlike a lot of other games out there, I know that uh, Rainbow Six Siege is pretty realistic, right? So, like, you don't get, like, augments for, like, your eyes and arms and stuff. No, not okay? really. Is that correct? But yeah. it's more like drones and high yes. tech. It, it's, and... it's all about technologies. Well, I have a feeling 
that given how realistic the game is, I think that they may eventually include bionic eyes. What, go, <laughs> um, go like um, Deus um, Ex Among other things. <laughs> okay, why, why is that? Well, this is because this week I came across the most fascinating article. Well, actually, there were, there were two. The first one was on Apple's new augmented Apple glasses, okay? Okay. Which will be quite cool. It'll, it's sort of like a step in the direction of having something over your eyes to augment the world around you with information. But mm. this new breakthrough has to do with artificial eyes, where they take a lot of modern technologies and they actually create what, I guess, in layman's terms, could be considered a cyborg eye. Now, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, imagine now, right? So you wear spectacles, correct? Yes. You've had them for as long as you can remember. Yeah. Well, in films and movies and even games, we've seen how people can augment their bodies with different parts. One of those mm-hmm. being a cyborg eye. Now, of course, many people think that that's, you know, unrealistic or we're not that far yet. Well, new discoveries are happening every day. And the latest one has actually already created one of these cyborg eyes. And, and what's fascinating about it is the structure of the eye in the sense of how um, it actually has unique parts. So, like, for example, it's got something called a, a photosensor array, right, which has been put inside hemispherical aluminium oxide. And <laughs> basically, all of these things work together, including, like, having this liquid metal called yeah. eutectic gallium indium alloy. And the reason why I'm like mentioning this stuff, which you're all welcome to Google, yeah. is because they've effectively created an eyeball shape whereby a lot of these membranes and sensors live in, in like a fluid that mimics the actual vitreous humor of the eye, That's including weird. the gel between the lenses. And it's truly fascinating because it means that we're finally getting to a point where we can have something that is like the human body, but made out of completely artificial components. Now, of course, it's still early days, right? So in terms of degree of vision, it only has 100 degrees, whereas the human eye has 130. So that's one downside. Yeah. And the, the bigger downside, I guess, is that uh, human eyes have, I think, I'd like to say unlimited resolution, but I think it's more about, what, 8K? 8K, 10K resolution? That's the human uh... eye. I don't know. Um, the new cyborg eye only has a hundred pixel resolution, but that's still no. But still, a hundred pixels. Imagine we, we've gone from nothing to something that yes. can actually interface with the optical nerve in the brain. I mean, that's fascinating. Give it a couple of years, and we might yeah, all be, be all cyber. Before you know up. it, yeah. Be, before you know it, we're all going to be fighting for Apple's new eye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gosh well look as we mentioned in in one of our previous episodes x asher 12 who i like to refer to as xylitol is most likely going to lead (laughs) lead the the robot revolution you know as elon musk's child um and i'm sure that artificial eyes and things are going to be a part and parcel of what spacex eventually ventures into I mean, it has to. I mean, I guess. Cutting edge. (laughs) I guess. Oh, that reminds me, by the way. Um, (laughs) Talking about X Asher 12, shame, poor child. Um, (laughs) So it turns out that Elon Musk, obviously, celebrities, they sometimes go through multiple numbers um, and they change the numbers every time it gets doxxed or whatever. (laughs) And. 
So it turns out that a beautician from San Jose, California, she ended up with one of Elon Musk's old numbers. What? Yeah. And <laughs> and shame the poor woman. So she keeps getting texts and calls from old business <gasps> partners and people no. who knew Elon. Yeah. And she she has no idea how to respond except just tell them, sorry, this isn't his number anymore. Okay, but... I'm not, okay, so I guess in all fairness, somebody as high profile as Elon Musk most likely has met hundreds of people who probably have his number. Yes. That's what I would imagine. Yes. So I guess if you did change your number, it might be impossible to let everybody know on that scale. Exactly. But so, isn't that what a PA is for? Wouldn't you have a PA number and just give everybody that versus your personal digits? I mean, if the PA understands the language <laughs> you speak and, and the, the glyphs you put on paper... Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's really weird. So I'm, I'm busy reading it now quickly while we were talking about it. And uh-huh. I see here that people are sending her blueprints for bionic limbs. So I was right about the cyborg thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that, so basically, people, there are people out there that that's losing like dream jobs and business deals just because they can't get a hold of Elon anymore. Um, oh, like, I, I see there there was a tax issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this one guy, he was trying to buy 1,000 trucks from, from Elon. Jeez. And apparently he ran into a revenue service issue and <laughs> wanted to, to figure it out with Elon. I suppose he wanted some discount or something. And he couldn't because he, he called and this random beautician from San Jose, California <laughs> answered the phone. You know what? I bet you people don't believe... That she says that she's not Elon. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like I mean, if the if the IRS, right, which is the, the 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 American Tax Revenue Service, if they're calling you and you say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not who who that person is," yeah. they immediately think you're lying. Yeah, because like uh, of listen, tax evasion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know what's up. Just give us your ID number and your your, your social Jeez. security number. I must be honest. I think that's probably more irritating than anything else. Yeah. This poor lady is trying to make a business and she keeps getting calls for black market cybernetics exactly so like, listen i can't do anything for your bionic limb but i can paint it bring it to me and i'll make it pretty now that we've, we've spoken about this and we mentioned taxes um i have to mention something else that i uh, i recently like read about yeah and i didn't know this but apparently um religions such as buddhism judaism christianity and islam actually all have passages in their relevant um books of faith yeah where charging interest on a loan is condemned what yeah oh wow i didn't know this at all (laughs) apparently um the catholic church in in medieval europe regarded charging interest as sinful wow so like now isn't that strange If, if you think about like if you go back into human history and you look at how religions have shaped the world yeah there's tax in every country there's yeah, there's there are loans and interests from every bank so like where does this place all of this does that mean if you use a bank you're a sinner <laughs> or is the bank the sinner no it means you're born into sin <laughs> because... ah well said <laughs> yeah because you literally cannot escape it I mean, it's been around for, for millennia. Yeah. I mean, the Romans were the ones that I think introduced it first. I believe the so. The gold um, and the currency. Exactly. Um, so it's, wow. 
uh, and America being all <laughs> like, oh, this is the land of, of the free and we're all Christians and South America being all hypocritically look, it's religious. Just, it's just a fascinating thing because, I mean, if you look at, look, let's look at countries that are governed by religious law. Yeah. And I'm specifically talking about Islam and some of the... Um, the Middle Eastern. Know, the, the, the Middle Eastern countries, yes. If this is true, then banks are technically illegal. Yeah. In a way. Or at you least know? paying look, taxes. I mean, I am speaking out of turn now because I don't know enough about it, but I just think it's it's really interesting. It is. You know? Well, one good thing, I guess, out of this is if you're a Netflix user, you don't have to worry about <laughs> interest rates. <laughs> I suppose so. Netflix aren't sinning. They don't sin. So it turns out that uh, good guy Netflix is going to start cancelling accounts that are inactive instead of making people pay monthly for something they're not using. That's cool. But the other side of that spectrum is now revenue is going to take a dump. Actually, you bring up a good point. Yes. If they start cancelling subscriptions that aren't used, then that will be a cut in revenue. But honestly, Edward, let's, let's be real here. Bitches who aren't using Netflix deserve to have their service cut off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like you emphasize that. <laughs> because let's be honest here. I mean, we use it every day. Yeah. Especially yeah. now during lockdown. There isn't a day that goes by where we aren't watching something on Netflix. So, yeah. you know, if you're not using your account, it's most likely because you're dead. So, well, in which case, <laughs> Netflix <laughs> may as well cut it off. <laughs> to be fair, um, then they are kind of the good guys because... In a way, they prioritize bandwidth and streaming quality over making a, a buck. <laughs> so there you go. They, the good Netflix are good guys, Hans. Good guy, Netflix. Good yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. Um, I think we've reached the end of episode fifteen of Le Ghetto. <laughs> Le Ghetto. All things must come to an end. I suppose. Sadly. Sad but true. <laughs> yeah. Before you overdose on that as well and like lose a kidney or something. <laughs> oh gosh, tell me about it. And I literally felt like going to get another cup of coffee now. <laughs> I'm gonna. I am not. I've already had, what, four capsules today, I think. Ah, uh, what's like, another? As much as I want another. What's another? Oh, oh gosh, Edward. I swear, if I start peeing brown liquid, you're going to be the first one to get a video of that, okay? <laughs> oh, no, don't worry. Um... I'll just, like, call the services or something. <laughs> oh, in other good news, I'm getting my iPad today. Finally. It's only been, The what, one that I've been waiting months? for for, like, what, two months? Gosh. <laughs> so, after all of uh, the stuff was stolen, um, I was lucky enough to be paid out by insurance, and I bought another iPad, but it's just been hectically delayed because of COVID-19, and I cannot even mention how much I have missed having an iPad. I didn't realize how much I used that thing until I no longer had one. You were so, always on a front. I am like. very glad to have it today. And it means that from next week, my show notes will be on the iPad. I'm very, very excited. Like mine is right now. <laughs> yes. I, instead of this whole weird setup that I have to do with like my computer open on the one side and, and I have to turn away from the, the microphone. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So that's awesome. I also have a uh, new video coming up on YouTube probably early next week. Finally. So if anybody's keen for xbox tech related 
videos, please do check it out. Uh, we are in lockdown. We aren't receiving anything new, so it's not a new product. <laughs> so your support is very much appreciated. <laughs> hey, all you need is an OnlyFans account once. Just show them, oh show, show them toes. Pictures of my feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Speaking of, I'm so totally addicted to TikTok. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, I think other than all the caffeine I'm drinking, the reason why I'm not sleeping is because I'm on TikTok until 1am. <laughs> See, the only reason I installed TikTok in the first place is because you keep sending me TikTok links. And, and now and I can't put the damn app down. <laughs> like, you are most what have you welcome. Done? Gosh. Uh, okay. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen, and anybody else who's listening. This is the end of episode 15 of Gettle. It has been a pleasure to speak to you, yourself as well, Edward. Yeah, it was nice. And uh, yeah, I think we're both looking forward to speaking to you all again next week. Of course we are. All right, everybody. Okay. Thank you for tuning in. Speak to you next week. Ciao for now. Ciao.